there are three powerful words that we see throughout the pages of Scripture spoken by God and his messengers over and over and over. Those three words are do not fear. Say those words with me. Do not fear. Don't we need to hear those words today? And we need to hear them every day. We need to hear them every year. But today we need to hear them. And we need to hear them to the depths of our soul. And throughout, throughout, they're located throughout the pages of Scripture. Why? Because I believe God in all ages and all times, He knows our struggles. He knows our challenges. As we seek to face life's challenges, the good news of the Bible, the good news of Jesus Christ, is we do not have to face those challenges alone. And he says those words over and over, and his messengers say over and over, do not fear. Do not fear. Or a definition of fear, one of many, is an emotion that's caused by the belief that someone or something is a danger, can cause pain, or is a threat. And oftentimes as we look at the future, and there's an unknown future, we could experience fears when we, ex when we look and say, is that dangerous? Could that cause fear? Is, is that a threat to my life? So fears come from many different angles. Fears come from all different kinds of sources. I've shared about some of my fears through these sermons. As we've today finishing the sermon series, the Advent sermon series entitled Do Not Fear, we've been considering different kinds of fears. And I shared about some of my fears from childhood in the first sermon. One fear that I left out uh, was the fear of when I was, the initial fear of jumping into water as a child. I can remember having this distinct fear. Then I went on to be a swimmer, and I loved swimming, but in the beginning, I was terrified of water, absolutely terrified of water. I remember as a family, we would go down to my Aunt Dottie's house in Alexandria, Virginia, each summer. It was, my, it was our favorite family vacation, partly because Aunt Dottie had a pool in the backyard. And I remember the early, some of the earliest memories, I could still see it, of my dad in the pool, and my older sister Heather walking up to the side of the pool, and him saying, jump in, Heather, jump in. And Heather would say, come closer, Dad. Come closer, Dad. I remember being the, the second child, I'm a middle child, right, looking up saying, when it's my turn, none of that, I'm going right in. And the day finally came, and I have a faint memory of coming to the side of the pool, full of confidence, ready to jump. And as I came to the side of the pool, don't worry, I'm not going to jump off this week. But as I come to the edge, I remember looking and thinking, I can't do this. And I froze. But there was my dad. My dad looked at me and said, Jeffrey, it's okay. I'm here. I'll catch you. Do not be afraid. I remember when he said those words and I looked into his eyes, something came over me. I can do this. And I remember clearly leaping out and he caught me with those strong arms. In so many ways, that's the picture I believe of our Heavenly Father. As we face our fears, whatever we're facing, he is there. And he is looking at us. And he sees us and he knows us by name. Do you know that God knows you by name? He knows you by name. He knows your fingerprint. He's designed it. He knows your DNA. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are a unique creation of God. He says your name and says, it's okay. I'm here. I'll catch you. Do not be afraid. As we face our fears, we need to look to God in that manner, that he is there. It's going to be okay. He will catch us, and he'll lead us forward. But it takes faith, it takes trust, and it's not easy. What I love about 
the Bible, what I love about Christianity is it doesn't ask us to take those fears and hide them or ignore them or, or make them to pretend they don't exist and be like, la, 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 everything is fine. I'm just going to believe in Jesus and everything's fine. No, the Bible is very clear about real life, real challenges, real struggles. And the God of Christianity says, take those fears seriously and bring them to me. Come to me. Come to me with your fears. And we can bring them to him. And so we've been considering that in these weeks as we conclude the Advent Sermon series entitled Do Not Fear. We've looked, at, we've looked at the hope of Christ. We've looked at the peace of Christ. We've looked at the joy of Christ. And today we're looking at the love of Christ. And we're considering how each of these themes, the, the themes of Advent can push out and drive out fear. And so today, as we look at the love of Christ, the question I want to begin with is what is love? What is love? Our world has all kinds of definitions and descriptions of love, doesn't it? So how are we to know what love is actually like? Because as we try to define love with our limited perspectives and our limited approach, we're always going to come up short. If love is just a feeling or love is just a form of acceptance, if love, there's lots of definitions of love, so we'll come up short. The good news about the Bible, the good news about the God of Scripture, is he doesn't leave us guessing. He provides a concrete example and description of love, and that's what we're going to consider this morning. And as we consider it, we're then going to consider how that love pushes out and drives out fear. So to do this, we're going to go to 1 John, the New Testament letter, 1 John chapter 4. We're going to look at a series of verses 7 through 12. And as I read these verses, I invite you to listen for descriptions of love. In many ways, this passage is, is, is like going on a treasure hunt. And the treasure are descriptions of God's love. And so may we be aware of the treasures that God has for us. So beginning in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, we read this. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Right, this is God's word here, and as we look at it, we can learn truths about love. So what do we learn about love from this passage. What are the truths? I want to give you three truths. There's a lot more than three, but we're going to focus on three today. The first truth that we read is in verse 8. It's in another set of three powerful words, a concise description of love, where we read that God is love. Reverse 8, whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. We see other concise descriptions like this in John's writings. Earlier in the same book, in 1 John chapter 1, Verse 5, we read that God is light. And in the Gospel of John, in chapter 4, verse 24, we read that God is spirit. 
And so these, in these concise descriptions of God, we see there, it's not descriptions of attributes about God. It's a description of who God is, what he is, his essence. That God is spirit. God is light. And here we read that God is love. Not just that he loves or is lovely, but that at his essence, at his core of who he is, he's loved. Therefore, all of his actions, everything he does, comes out of who he is and the fact that he is love. So everything is rooted, everything is shaped, and everything is fueled by his love. God is love. That's the first truth. Stepping back a verse, in verse 7, we read a second truth. We read that all love comes from God. Verse 7, dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Here in this verse, we see that, that God is the ultimate source of love. He is the beginning. He's the end. He is the source of love. All love comes from God. That's the second truth. The third truth is seen in verses 9 and 10. And this truth is that God showed his love through sacrificial action. Hear these words again. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He said, this is love. Not that we loved, but that God loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Twice, two times in these verses, we see this action verb, sent. That God sent his son into the world. That God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. This is a God of action. And so we learn that God showed his love through sacrificial action. First, it's action. Love is more than a feeling. Love is more than good intentions. Love is always an action, as defined by God as seen here in Scripture. It's an action. It's not just an action. It's a sacrificial action. We see here, verse 10, that he was sent as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So the act of sending the Son of God, the act of sending Jesus to be with us is an act of sacrifice. It involved giving something up. Our Heavenly Father gave up His Son and Jesus and gave up His life. Love requires sacrifice. True love always requires some form of sacrifice, giving up something for someone else. So it's sacrificial action. It's not just sacrificial action. It's relational sacrificial action. It's for the sake of the relationship. We read in this passage here that, that God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What does that mean? Right, this big biblical theological word, atonement. This notion of that God made things right to atone for. And that word really at its root, it, even as you break it apart, it's, it's been described as at one meant. Meaning bringing oneness out of what was broken. That God fixed what was wrong. And so God sent his son as an atoning sacrifice. Jesus died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins to make the way for us to be restored into a right relationship with God. It was an act of atonement, and it required sacrifice. It required that action, and it restored that relationship. So we see in these verses that God's love, that love is, to, is relational, sacrificial action. Another way to describe it is by the Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 5.21 concisely describes the good news of the gospel. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here in this verse, packed into this verse is the, the truth of all Christianity. That God who made him who, was, who had no sin, meaning Jesus who never sinned, never disobeyed one of God's commands, the only human being who was perfect, he was the son of God in flesh. He who had no sin, God made him to be sin, meaning that Jesus, as he hung on that cross, 
took on the sins of the world, took on your sins, my sins, all sins. He took on the sins of the world. He who had no sin became sin on that cross and died the death that we deserved and took on the penalty that we deserved. And therefore, because of that, we, he took on sin and he gave us his righteousness, that perfection. It's known by theologians, Martin Luther and others, as the sweet exchange, the great exchange. God took on, Jesus took on our sin and he gave us his righteousness. It's the incredible good news of the Bible. And so all of this, we, get, we see this, that true love requires sacrifice. It requires giving up something for the sake of another and ultimately for the sake of the relationship. Love is more than a feeling. Love is more than good intentions in Scripture. Love requires sacrifice. It requires taking action. And so what's our response to this love is, we come back to the passage in verse 11. We read, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. So our response to God's love is that we're to go and love others. But let's not jump too quickly to that action. Look at the first couple words of this passage. Dear friends, since God so loved us. You see that word so? Just, just jump off the page. One of the songs we sang before said, you're so, so kind to us. I love how... We couldn't even plan that, Jennifer, right? So, so kind. So what about the word so? It's a big deal. S-O. God so loved us. He so loved us. We also ought to love one another. It has echoes of a great, another Bible verse, the one we see at football games, John three sixteen. For God so, there's that word again, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but will have eternal life. Do you realize that God so, so, so loves you? And he loves you so much that he sent his son. That's what Christmas is all about. That's what we're getting ready to celebrate. That's what Advent's all about. Advent, which means arrival or coming. That the son of God arrived. He came to be with us because of God, because God so loved us. He did this for us. And Jesus loved us so much that that love took him to the cross, and he loved us so much that he stayed on that cross when he could have come down. He stayed with it. He sacrificed. He loved. Relational, sacrificial action describes love. Love revealed by God, revealed in Scripture, revealed in the life of Jesus. So finishing this passage, what is the outcome? This is a really neat one, incredible one, actually. Verse 12, no one has ever seen God, but if we love one another... God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. I remember reading this verse for the first time many years ago, and it captured my imagination. The fact that we can't see God. God is spirit. We can't see God. But as we love one another, somehow, in some way, others see God. Because God is love. And so the call to action from this passage is in light of what God's done for us and his love for us, that he so loved us that as we love one another, we read here that then God, his love lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's an astounding truth that every action, every loving action we take, especially loving actions that are similar to what we see in Scripture, defined, love defined as relational sacrificial action, as we love in that way, as we love like Jesus, God's love is in us, and God's love is made complete in us. That same description is used for joy. We talked about joy last week. 
And multiple times throughout Scripture, we see writers say that I've written to you so that your joy would be made complete. When that joy is made complete, it pushes out everything else. It drowns out everything else. That joy overwhelms the darkness. That joy overwhelms fear and pushes it out. In the same way here, as we love others, the truth is that God's love is made complete in us, and then it leaves no room for fear. Love and fear don't get along. They're not good roommates. Love drives out fear, 1 John 4, 18. And as we love others with this relational, sacrificial action of love, the promise of Scripture, I believe, is that God drives out fear in the process. So how do we do this? If we skip down a couple verses to verse 16, I want to add this verse in, and we read this, and so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. In the middle of this verse of those three words, again, God is love. In the beginning, he says, as we see, as we know and rely on the love of God. Those two words, to know, not just an intellectually understanding of love. We could read books about love. We could define love. We could take tests on love and pass it, get 100, get an A. But that's not really knowing love. A biblical under, the biblical understanding of knowing is a personal knowing, and it's experience of it. Here John is saying, as we know, as we really know the love of God, experience it personally. And not just know it and know it personally, but then rely on it, to lean into it, to lean on it and rely on it, to trust it. Like jumping off the side of a pool to the hands of a dad and holding you. As we do that, as we rely on that love, then we know that God's love can be made complete in us. And then we can cast out, let God cast out that fear. So here, this, this, that's our role. Our role is to seek to know this love. Our role is to seek to rely more and more on this love and to grow in trust of who God is. Uh, because our fears are real. Again, Scripture and God doesn't ask us to check our fears at the door and pretend we don't have fears. All of us have an unknown future. And all of us have our different fears. Some of you may have been awake most of the night. I'm grateful you're still awake during the sermon. Good job. But you might have been awake, awake with those fears and didn't sleep last night. That's okay. You're human. God knows that. He knows your fears. He knows the life challenges we're facing. He knows the struggles. He doesn't ask us to pretend we don't have those fears. Remember, a couple months ago, talking about the word emotion, which is like pre-emotion. It's a, it, when we've experienced an emotion like fear, we have a choice. What do we do with it? God invites us to bring our fears to him. As we, he wants those fears to actually to drive us to him, so as we look to him, his perfect love will drive out those fears. Let me say that again. As we experience the emotion of fear, which are real, he wants, to, he wants us to let those fears drive us to him so that he, as we trust him, can drive out those fears with his perfect love. Let those fears not be a threat. Let those fears be a strange opportunity because deep inside we know we can't handle life on our own. We may try. We may be successful. Even with all the money, all the time, all the resources, we think we may be able to solve this problem. I think this pandemic is showing us, guess what, we're not, we can't control our own destinies. It is highly frustrating to be limited. Amen? Amen. And it is wearing on us. But let 
God, even let that drive you to him. He can drive out those fears and allow us to trust him more and more in this season. Remember, love. Love defined by the Bible is action. It's sacrificial action. And it's relational, sacrificial action that we could put into practice. So I want to give you one thing to remember, one thing to do, and some questions for reflection. One thing to remember is this. God revealed the true meaning of love by sending his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins so that we might live through him and so the love, we, the love would be made complete in us as we love others. That's a mouthful. Let me read that again. It's going to be hard to remember that, but you can read it. God revealed the true meaning of love by sending his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins so we might live through him and so his love would be made complete in us as we love others. So I want to give you this one thing to do, and this is you want to let God drive out fear. One way to do it is by loving others. Sounds maybe even too simple, but give it a try. One thing to do is identify one person that you could sacrificially love through a specific action this week and go for it. Go for it. Start with one. Don't be overachievers. Don't think 20. Start with one. One. Pick one person that you can sacrificially take action and love. Think about something you have to give up. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's energy. Maybe it's expertise. Whatever it is, something you can give up for the sake of another person. I think about different friends over the years, different family members who I know, they didn't have the time. They didn't have the financial resource. They didn't have, they didn't, they didn't have what was, they, they didn't have whatever. They didn't have it, and they gave it. And what happened in light of that? Our relationship became closer. And I know it blessed them as much as it blessed me. And then when it's flipped, the other times when I know I don't have the energy, I don't have the time, I don't have the money, but you sacrifice, you give that up for another person, something significant happens. I believe what happens is we love in the way of Jesus. We love like Jesus. And what's said in 1 John chapter 4 is true and real. His love, God's love is in us, and God's love is made complete in us. And that perfect love drives out fear. So you want to combat fear this week? Love someone. As opposed to looking down and being like, oh, this pandemic, and oh my goodness, all these updates. Take a break. That's maybe just me. Maybe, maybe just me. But take a break. Ask God, who can I love this week? Whether up close or from a distance or everything in between, how can you love them this week? And a couple individuals on our staff have come up with a creative idea that's been out there, and we've shared it, but I want to bring it home this week. It's it's called the Christmas of Kindness. It's out on the bulletin board out behind the sanctuary. And you might have seen these notes. There's a couple, a bunch of them on the table. Um, here's one thing I encourage you to do this week. Make this tangible. Take one of these cards as you leave. They're on the table in the back. And as you pray and think about one person that you could sacrificially love this week, go and do it. And then whatever you do, write it on this card. Keep it anonymous. Write it on the card and then bring it back on Christmas Eve. And there's a display behind the sanctuary where you'll see a bunch of lights. And we're trying to pin these on. The goal is to say, we want to bring God's love and light into a dark world. And so take a card. Consider doing it this week. And may this be a little bit, an extra step of accountability to actually do it. To go and sacrificially love someone and see how, what God does in your heart and in your soul as you do it and his love becomes real. A couple questions for reflection as we finish. One, when has someone sacrificially given something up for you and love you through that action? And how did that impact the relationship with that person? Think about over the years. Has someone sacrificially given up something for you? How did that impact 
your relationship. Two, how is a biblical description of love more than a feeling or good, a good intention? And how is that revealed in the sacrificial death of Jesus on the cross? Number three, who is God calling you to sacrificially love this week, and what specific actions can you take to do it? It goes back to that action step. Imagine if we all did this. What if we really committed to this, to actually step into loving others in the way of Jesus? Where love is not just a feeling, love's not just good intentions, but it propels us to action, relational, sacrificial action, giving up something for the sake of someone else, and even to the point of giving up something for the sake of that relationship. See how God shows up in your life this week as we move towards Christmas Eve, as we move towards Christmas, as we celebrate and praise the name of the one who came to be with us, Jesus, who has sent because God so loved us, so loved us, that he sent Jesus. And Jesus' love, his love was so strong, it took him to the cross, kept him there. Because of that, we can be known in a relationship with God. Let's pray. God, thank you for your amazing love, your love which indeed drives out fear. But God, we have many fears. We have many uncertainties in front of us. God, I pray that as we've heard this message today, that you would give us courage. God, that we would see you in a similar way like I can still picture my dad in that swimming pool many years ago saying, I'm here. It's okay. I'm going to catch you. You don't have to be afraid. So God, I pray for each person who's hearing this prayer right now as we pray together, God, that you would give them courage that they would know that they're not alone. And God, that we would look to you, that we would know your love and rely on your love and seek your face in this uncertain time. God, drive out the fears in our lives. And Lord, may the fears that we have drive us to you so that you would drive them out. And may we grow in our trust of you as we take one day at a time. Thank you for your perfect love. Thank you for your grace. Help us to respond to that love and grace by loving others this week. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.